Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm the DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man that every time I think that I've been taking the steps, he ends up mad at me for making a mess. I can't understand why he doesn't understand me. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben Hamid. So for this episode, we have a special guest. Her most recent EP is called 20-something. We're going to talk about some of the music off of that. Please welcome to the podcast, Bree Kennedy. You guys are hilarious. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. So premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each episode, I ask the all-important question. We're going to start with Wayne. What t-shirt are you wearing? I have not worn this. I actually checked the records. This is my Guns N' Roses Live at the Whiskey. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I haven't worn it because it's a large, and I can now wear large T-shirts, and they look bad. they look good. Congratulations! How much weight have you lost? Uh, Forty-five pounds. Hey, <laughs> you're amazing! You're amazing. So I'm I'm at ten with my new diet. Hey, baby steps. Congratulations! Baby steps. Yeah. It was it was mandated by the doctor. <laughs> yeah, same thing. It doesn't matter. Okay. It's all about results. All right. There you go. All right. How about you, Bree? What t-shirt are you wearing? Okay. Well, I've definitely gained 10 pounds less this year. Uh, <laughs> congratulations to you guys. Um, I'm wearing, uh, I don't know if you guys have been to Nashville, but there's a, um, a place called Exit Inn. And it's a historical venue. And next door to that venue is a place called Hurry Back. And I used to work at this bar. And so the, the shirt is a white shirt and it says ice cold beer, which I celebrate. Um, but the coolest part about this shirt is that I got to sell out the exit in at the top of this, this wild year. And my boss from my old boss from the bar at Hurry Back came in and popped his head in, and I saw him from my set, and I was like, "This is pretty cool." <laughs> so I'm wearing that. Very good. Exit in. I'm trying to remember. I think that I've seen something there. I mean, man, there's just been so many legendary shows there, and it's. Um, I just actually uh, found out. That um, that whole block over there just became a historical landmark. So, which oh, nice! Is really, really great. You know, because a lot of venues and small businesses are you know having trouble right now. So, exit uh, yeah. will be saved. It's awesome. This is the one that's near Vanderbilt, right? Yeah, near over there. Okay, all right. I saw the Fratellis there two years ago, three years ago. Awesome! I haven't heard of them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. You got some homework to do. Typing. You you will love Chelsea. Is it Chelsea Danger or Dagger? Chelsea Dagger. Dagger. Chelsea Dagger. You you've heard Chelsea Dagger. I know you have. I haven't. Not yet. Look look it up later. You'll you go. Oh yeah, I know. Dagger. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we have to thank David Bournet for introducing us to your music. So. We had him on our Nirvana episode a couple weeks ago. And while I was doing research for his episode, I stumbled on the song that you two did together, a song called One Way. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then because I have adult ADD, I went and listened to your music instead of David's. Don't tell him that. <laughs> and then I pretty much fell in love with your music. So 
So here you are. Hey, that is so cool to hear. Um, yeah, David Borne is, um, I always say I wanted an older brother, but he is just a very, very, very special human. Um, and here in Nashville, we, you know, like you would just go out every every other night before this wild year and um and I would just run into David almost at every venue or bar and just he was always such a light and then asked him to do one way uh and we ended up writing one way and um man I'm just a big fan of him so that's cool to hear we're big fans as well yeah cool cool dude cool dude even though he wouldn't tell us who um the song Marjorie is about But he, he, he does it endearingly with a smile. It's just a, it's a secret. Yeah. Um, he actually sent me a new song of his today. Um, and it actually made me bawl my eyes out. Um, he's got some cool music he's making right now. It seems like. You know, for his episode, we talked about songs that made us cry. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we did. So. Okay, i got to go back and listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. You, you like Nirvana at all? I mean, yeah. Is it he saying Nirvana made him cry? Um, not that song, or not that not that record. What 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 were some of the songs that we talked about that made us cry besides uh, the alternate roots song? Because I, I I I brought it up. I brought up the crying thing. I mean, um, that's that's big of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never cry, so I I don't remember. You're full of crap. Too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm on your website, Brian, and uh, looking at your bio, and your bio doesn't tell us a whole lot. So let's get to know Bree. So yeah. where 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 did you grow up? So I grew up in Orange County. Um, I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, but I uh, moved with my family when I was like 13 to Orange County, spent my most formative years there, um, and then moved to L.A. out of high school. Okay. So what brought you to Nashville? I actually um, ran away to Nashville when I was 22. Um, I I really was just not happy in LA at the time. I was working as a server and um, also a barista at Starbucks over there on Melrose Avenue. And, um, okay. And yeah, I, I did a songwriting session out in Nashville in like 2014 and I saw around, which, um, is, you know, I, I, it's basically four to five people that sit in a row and one by one share their stories, have some beers and hang out. And, um, I was just really moved by that kind of community. And at that time in my life, I didn't really have anything tie me down and just followed my gut, got in my Nissan Maxima, and I, I just drove across the country. And I thought I'd be in Nashville for like, you know, a month and, and write. Um, but I met all my favorite people and my band members and my boyfriend and just the, some of the most important people in my life during that move. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that seems to be most of the stories when we ask people about Nashville yeah. and why the, why they got to Nashville. So uh, very, very similar. You in for sure. Is it, do you come from a musical family? I do. Um, I grew up with a single dad and he was a blues musician. Um, still is, but he, 
he would just go out and play gigs every other night. You know, he like, he loved ACDC and Death Leopard and Tears for Fears and then also played blues music. So it was definitely a lot of guitar oriented um, sounds around my house growing up. And he introduced me to Heart and, you know, Pat Benatar and obviously the Rumors album. And um, so definitely heavily influenced by music growing up. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So one thing from your bio, it says that you're preparing for your debut album in 2021. But so question for you. So the EP that you released this year has seven songs on it. And I know that some other people that we've had on the show have said, no, seven, seven songs is an album. Mm. So, so you're not considering that a full album of material? I mean... That's cool to hear. I, I think when I put 20 something out, I really actually just kind of did it on a whim. Um, I had written, you know, all those songs, they were sitting on my hard drive and I just liked the way they sounded as demos. And I wanted to start the year off inspiring myself to share stuff um, without being, um, you know, too careful about how to do it. So I, I honestly just put 20 something out as a, a way to push me to put more music out. So to me, it wasn't a, a debut record. It was a collect, yeah. collection of songs that I really, really liked um, that I had written in the last, you know, the months prior. So how, how are things coming along for the album? Are you going to put some, some of the songs off of your EP on it? I don't think so. I, okay. uh, Obviously, this this year um, totally took a different turn. So I'm I, I'm definitely um, writing totally different stuff um, than I thought I would at the top of the year. So I think I feel it feels right to just leave "Jealous of Birds" and "20 Something" the way they are, you know, and and yeah. leave breadcrumbs later for people to maybe pick up. But um, I'm really excited. I I'm, I'm writing my first full length to me, like having a full length with the intention of, of, you know, 12 to 13 songs. It looks like right now. So very good. Yeah. Very good. All right. So, um, the song feel it all that came out as just a single, right? Yeah. Um, so basically my, my band members are also, um, just multi-talented, um, human beings and producers. And so every, everyone kind of has their own home studio set up and we were just losing our minds <laughs> during, <laughs> during, I mean, at, like everybody during quarantine. And I just, I don't know about you guys, but I, I felt like a little kid again. Like I was in my pajamas every single day and I was like, just wanting to find a project to, you know, just dive into to keep my mind off of um, everything else. And I, text my band and I said, Hey, I have this song. I actually wrote that song in a session for a, for a DJ pitch for like, you know, like Zed or somebody. And, um, okay. um, cause I also write, um, music for other artists and stuff like that. So it was kind of just a fun song that I liked and I knew that eventually I wanted to transfer it, you know, maybe make it mine. Um, and I just said, Hey guys, if I pass this session around to you, like, let's, let's see what happens. And Kyle Dredden, who produced it, 
he just made it sound effortless. I mean, he just took everybody's parts and made a record. Um, So we decided to put it out as a silver lining, you know. So this was all created during this pandemic? Yeah. That's so awesome. weird. That's such a weird yeah. thing to say. <laughs> it's so hard I know. to say that still, right? Yeah. That's very cool. Very cool. And you guys did one of these quarantine type videos for the song as well. Yeah. Uh, so I just put together, um, I just said, hey guys, just get yourself doing stuff at home and this will be a nice little, you know, like thing to look back a little time capsule to look back and at least have something to smile about. So yeah, the video yeah. online, it's, it's silly. I have a, I have a hard time believing I'm going to look back at 2020 with any smiles, but uh, you know what? I feel, I, I definitely agree with you, <laughs> but, but I'm an, I'm um, an optimistic human and, and dark things. So I, there's actually been, Maybe it's just me convincing myself, but I've, I've really been like, what are the silver linings of this? Like, what can I draw from this? That, cause I don't want to, I don't want to have a whole year mentally gone, you know? So, right. Yeah. I know too optimistic. <laughs> well, we have a whole lot of podcast episodes to look back on, on 2020, right Wayne? Yeah, there you go. True. He's, he's always giving me crap. Cause he's like, you know, I only want to record once a week. I have a job. <laughs> I know. So do I. I, so, I know. I know. Well, um, so let's let's talk about twenty something for a second. So that's the uh, name of the EP. It's also the last track on the on that EP. So Wayne and I are a few years removed from our twenty <laughs> somethings. Yeah. Uh, and we're just somethings. Right now, I guess you could say that, Wayne, right? Or just the somethings? That thing where you mumble the first part and then all you can hear is something. That's right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So is it fair to say that that song is uh, about learning that most of the stuff that you learned um, when you were younger was just kind of, um, I I don't know if I would say foolishness, but it's like, you've grown up and had your own experiences and you realize that maybe life wasn't as innocent as you once thought it was. Oh yeah. I mean, 20 something really wasn't like, this is where I'm at right now in my life. 20 something was like, I'm going to reflect on how wild my, so like to me, my journey was leading up to, to here, you know, I'm, I'm 27 now and you know, I'm still 20 something, but it was, it wasn't to write about where I'm at now. It was a reflection of just like, even, even before my twenties, just my whole time in Los Angeles, all, you know, all of the dark, you know, weird, just 
uncomfortable, awkward moments of, of, you know, finding, finding yourself. And for me, all the songs on 20 something are just different reflections of me figuring my, my shit out, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, 20 something was the last song actually I wrote. I knew I wanted a t- the title track to be 20 something kind of similar to jealous of birds. I just had that title and I went, okay, these are going to be little ref- reflections of like, of where I was at. And, um, and 20, I just wanted 20 something to feel like, you know, 20s just feel messy and 20s you, you numb yourself and, and you're, and then you're forced to face yourself again and learn and grow and evolve and, it's messy. Yeah. 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 Twenties were weird times for me, Wayne. How about for you? Oh, yeah, they were they were weird. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave I it at that. Off, yeah, <laughs> no, they're weird. They're messy, and they're like, there's just that you don't have anything to compare it to, you know. So it's kind of it's kind of nice to just laugh at it. Like that's literally all you can do is laugh at the lessons and the mess. And it's like a Quentin Tarantino film about being murdered, I guess, but yeah, it's just messy. Well, uh, let me just, t- just let me just do a spoiler alert though. The 30 somethings aren't that great either. <laughs> I've, hey, I've heard opposite. I, disagree. I just yeah. hope, I just hope I enjoy it all. You know. I I disagree. I think that my thirties. Well, and that's because my twenties were so weird. I had all kinds of drama and responsibilities. So my thirties, I finally kind of had my career on mm. on track, and I obviously I'd made tons of mistakes that I that I luckily learned from. And so the thir- my thirties were like awesome. my thirties and forties were awesome. Yeah, I, I they're much better than my twenties. That's amazing to hear. I would say though, Wayne, just just from uh, you know setting the table uh, evenly, is that you were having kids in your twenties. I was having kids in my thirties, and so I think mm. once your kids become like uh, able to babysit themselves, that's when things get better. So like my forties. <laughs> were that for me. So maybe that was the thirties for you because, you know, your kids were at that stage. Am I, am I incorrect? I wouldn't say you were incorrect. Okay. But that's the thing. It's like, it's like when you have this like, like novel innocence in an experience, like having kids, you know, 
or like just the first, you don't have anything to compare it to. So it just feels heavy, you know, but like you're saying, Wayne, like you were able to be like, okay, I did that. And now I'm, now I have this new chapter and it's novel, you know, that's just, oh, yeah. that's life. It's just all up and down. And that's the thing. You just got to laugh at it. You just got to be like, oh, is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so tell me about the song Intuition. So is that a song about the music industry? No, actually, Intuition. No? No, believe it or not. And and by the way, that's awesome that that um that maybe that's what you'd think it'd be about. I mean, I hope that for anybody it's just however they they grab onto it cuz at the end of the day that's that's all that matters about music, but uh Intuition I wrote with my friend Aaron Espy here who truly is just like a therapist and I, I um, was just kind of telling him how I was at a moment of decision. It, it, yes. In my, in my music career, but that it was triggering me because I I've been, I haven't worked that muscle enough to know what was right or wrong. And so it was talking about, it was like a future note to myself. Like, you know, no matter what, your intuition is always going to be what's right. But for some reason, we always just look over it or, and, and we, at the end of the day, we always go, I knew, I knew that was right. So it, yeah. so it was kind of like, when, when do we start to face ourselves and go, I think my gut's right. Um, and so that's, that's what intuition was. And it actually, I, I ended up um, Ubering to that songwriting session and it was like, 40 degrees outside. It was so cold in Nashville. It was like winter. I want to say like end of November. And, um, he, you know, I was going to get an Uber back, but I just said, I'm just going to walk. And I put my headphones in and I listened to the demo over and over. And I was like, I can't believe we just wrote that. Like, that's just one of those songs that even speaks to me, even as the writer, it was just a, a really cool, moment. So anyway, intuition is my favorite song on, 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 it's my favorite body, body of work I've done. Very good. Anymore. But it was pulling me in, my old friend, intuition. I know I've got to listen to the voice in my chest. So I open my hands. Cause I don't understand it It's like I've got a magnet And it's pulling me in Yeah, it's pulling me Yeah, it's pulling me So what does your intuition tell you about 2021 and beyond? <laughs> uh... I'll take anything, honestly, anything that's better. <laughs> um, my intuition is telling me to um, let this year, you know, play out, create, have grace for myself, and fearlessly put this body of work that I've been working on out, you know, and just be just. Honestly, I'm just grateful for next year. It's not even here yet. I'm just, I'm just so stoked for it already. You know. Yeah. How great is live music going to be in 2021 when we can all get back to it? Man, 
And and the other thing too is so many artists that I that I know that have put music out this year and they're just like, man, I was supposed to tour it, all the stuff. I'm like, yes, absolutely. The end goal is that we're just all so stoked to be able to sit in a room and like sweat with strangers over a song we love. But right now we can't. And I actually think that there's just this like simmering soup of music that we're all able to just digest. And so, you know, after all this, those records that people put out this year will actually have sat with so many people during one of, you know, such a hard spike in, in their life that when, when we are able to go out and see shows, it's going to be like, it's, it's going to be amazing. Right. Oh, I'm so right. The whole audience is going to be singing. I feel it all. Right. If someone spills a beer on me in a crowd, I'm just going to dance in it. Like, I'm not going to be mad. I just want to be in a room full of people watching music, you know, when it's safe again. I just can't wait. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, So tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. Okay. So I chose Heim, Women in Music, Part 3. And this is a perfect way to say that I've been able to sit with this record since it came out, which wasn't that long ago. And I know when I get the chance to go see the show, these songs have just already seeped in. Like I'm, I'm, I'm bought in. I'm in this, this whole record feels like my attitude right now. I'm just like, it truly is just like, screw it. So, yeah. Have you listened to it yet? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we do we do times. our research. Yeah, we just show up here and start rambling. We don't just throw out random numbers. We actually sit and marinate with these uh with these songs. So, yeah, we So, uh, considering that you grew up in LA, did you did you know of of Heim before you moved to Nashville? Yeah, yeah. Um they'd come out with their first uh record and I, I knew like friends of friends that knew um, the sisters and, and it was kind of a, you know, that I, I was like, Oh, hi, I love their, their sound and everything. And you just knew they were around, around town making music. Um, and then, then I moved to Nashville, then they put out their last record and I just, I've just been a fan ever since. Um, but I've only seen them play live um, at the war Memorial here in Nashville. Gotcha. Okay. Have not had a chance to see them live yet, other than um, Saturday Night Live. I guess that doesn't count, right? I mean, hey, that's our way of seeing live live shows now. Yeah. Um, so band consists of three sisters. So uh, it's Danielle Heim, who's uh, guitar and vocals. Uh, Alana, who does, I guess she does, she does mostly keyboards, right? But she's yeah, on guitar quite a bit. And guitar. Yeah. And then is it, is it Este? Este. Este. So she's, she's on the bass and, um, people probably know her the most because of her very animated, um, facial expressions while she's playing the bass. Bass face. The bass face is just so good. And and I'm already drawn to to bass players because I 
played a little bass in a covers band a few years ago. Yes. So I'm o- I'm always watching the bass players and the couple times that I've seen her, you know, on uh the late show or or uh on Saturday Night Live, um I can't see anything except her. <laughs> yeah. I can't watch anything except her because it's just so fun to watch. <laughs> and I know other people are, you know, the internet, when they kind of blew up a little bit a couple of years ago, the internet was not real kind to her, but I loved it. I, I mean, I think, I think there was definitely the bully, you know, aspect, but I think eventually that's the best thing to me about Heinz. They're just like, I don't care. <laughs> like, this is what I do. I love it. You guys, of course you're going to say whatever you say, but that's, I make that face when I play bass. Like, yeah, it's great. They're very much their own, their own individuals. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that that is, uh, something that, uh, you are drawn to as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, this is their third record. It did, um, did fairly well on the billboard, uh, rankings. So, uh, number 13 on the billboard 200 albums was number one on the top rock albums. Mm. So, um, produced by Rostam. I'm, I always slaughter his last name. Um, Batmanji. Bat- <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> Bat- I'm not even going to try. I I slaughter names too much. Um, We're just going to go Rostam. Rostam. Because that's how he, if you look up Rostam on Spotify, that he doesn't even put his last name there for the music that he does himself. Um, He's best known for being a part of Vampire Weekend. Uh, but he's also been a busy producer on his own. He's written also for the likes of Frank Ocean, Santa Gold, uh, even Carly Rae Jepsen. So, um, and uh, you guys uh, listened to his record that he did with Hamilton Lighthouser a couple years ago? I did not yet. I, I did not. Oh, it's really good. Noted. Go, go check that out. Um, all right, so what else? What else about this record? Because uh, I've got a couple other things from Wikipedia I can always pull up. But uh, uh, initial thoughts on this record. So, Bree, you are already a fan of 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 the band. What was your what was your initial reaction listening to this this uh, this record? Yeah, well, so. I mean, I've, like you said, I've, I've already been like a fan. So I'm kind of one of those people who just, I love their whole thing. Um, and I know that I can count on them just making me dance. Um, so specifically when this came out, I think they had three, they had three singles out already and it was Hallelujah, Summer Girl, and Now I'm In It. Um, and I was already like, okay, this is awesome. Like Summer Girl is so Lou Reed. Hallelujah is like Landslide. And Now I'm In It's like it just makes you want to dance through the house with headphones on, you know, kicking stuff over the counters. But I was um, <laughs> at my, my dad's house um, with my brother and sister. I was visiting home, hadn't seen my family in a long time. And so there was, there was a big weight on me for that. And I was very nostalgic for, you know, just 
the past 10 years of my life that, you know, inevitably when you go home, you have like the whole flashback of your life. And anyway, this, this dropped and my friend texted me and said, Hey, women, women in music part three, just, just dropped. And I just put my headphones in my brother and sister were gone. My dad went to work and I just danced and like, let, I mean, I truly, I, I always, as a music listener, I just, you know, try to take it in, um, let it marinate, like you said, but I, I was just smiling and even in the sad songs, um, just really, it, it didn't, it's, it's like nothing else. It's just, it's all its own. It's really special. And this was before or after all this quarantine crap. This was right. Uh, this was literally like a month ago. Okay. All right. So went, went to see them, um, obviously very safely and, and, you know, tested and did all that. But I, but I, Honestly, it was just kind of needing to to get out of Nashville um, and and see my family. So this was fairly recently. Yeah. So this is so this is one of the songs of your quarantine that's getting you through it. Truly. Yeah, Wayne. Is there any any particular songs or records that are, that's getting you through this quarantine? Uh, no, I'm just all this, all the stuff we've been listening to. I've been busy with that. I would say I listened to the new X. I love that. And, and this, I was this, I had, I had heard the name, but I had never listened to them. And so there are, there are songs on here who, that literally renewed my faith in popular music. Oh um, yeah. Not, not all of them, but, but mo- like I say, as in general, I was, uh, I, I was, it's like, you know, there was a band again that was making, you know, music. I, I, some of this stuff is straight up power pop. I love, I, I, there, I'd given uh, Joshua Tree a little bit of a bad time about how a lot of the songs sounded the same. And on this one, I think they, they, they touch so many different, you know, genres and, and, and time periods that, and I, what I loved about it is I would hear a song and I would think this makes me think of something, but I can't, I can't, I just can't, I can't quite figure out what it is because they're not, they're not ripping anybody off. They're using their influences and they're really capturing the spirit of a lot of different things. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Let me tell you the one song that's getting me through quarantine right now. I want to hear it. Exile from Taylor Swift and Boney Bear. (laughs) I love that so much. It's so good. I, okay, right. I know we're talking about this record, but that that's so cool to hear. I think it's. Cute. I'm I'm not ash- I'm not ashamed to say that I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Oh, no. but yeah, oh, absolutely, do not be. Yeah. Um. All right. So before we jump to our track by track analysis, so let me just preface this. So to the listeners, you're not going to hear the sound clips that we typically include for episodes because this is such a new record. Like typically our guests will pick something that's fairly obscure, um, you know, like a Joan Armitrading record, Wayne, that we've never heard before, for instance. <laughs> and most of our listeners are probably not heard it as well. So we want to give them a little taste of what uh, that record sounds like. But I think 
I want you, the listener, to go and actually listen to this record because you can do that on any of the streaming services. Go listen to the record and then come back and listen to our analysis. And then you can tell us if our scores are stupid um, or not. Or if just Ben's are stupid. Or just Wayne's are stupid. Um, so so it's different when we discuss a record that maybe people have forgotten about. But for this episode, I think this is so new. I want people to go just check the record out. And, and of course, if you like it, then go purchase the record. And I'm, I'm still trying to find... So they put out a limited edition yellow vinyl, two record set, and it's mm-hmm. sold out on their website. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to get a copy of that. But um I had every intention of buying it when I went to the record store uh, uh last week and uh they didn't have it, so I bought Fetch the Bolt Cutters instead. I mean amazing. Also <laughs> Also also what's getting me through the quarantine Love. is Fiona Apple. Yeah, always. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, I'll get off my soapbox, man. Um, all right, so as a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. So, Wayne, how many songs on this record? Ooh, 16, Lock. according to you. Yeah, so I'll preface that just a sec, which means our top song's going to get 16 points, next favorite 15 points on Dan to lowest score of one. Yeah, so technically the album has 13 songs on it with those three bonus tracks that, Brie, you already mentioned uh, that were like standalone songs released months before the record came out. Um, so they're bonus tracks. If you look at Spotify anyways, they're considered bonus tracks. They are on the record, though. They are. Just so you know, Wayne. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll talk about each one of those as we get through the end of commentary. And Wayne, I see your scores. So I think that you were mad that we were going through all 16 that's songs. Not, no, that's not, that's not true. I thought the okay. same, I was like, Oh, he, I, I thought the exact same thing. Maybe I'm just getting tired towards the end, but uh, I know that wasn't songs. it. That's a lot. I definitely was like, maybe they're going to only rate it off the 13 because of the bonus tracks, but I went for it. No, you can't look. I can't, I can't not talk about Hallelujah. We'll get we'll get there though. We'll get there though. Too. All right. Um, so first song is Los Angeles, and I think that we need to change the title of this to just World, mm. because the sentiment from the lyrics of these days, these days I can't win. These days I can't see no visions. I'm breaking, losing faith. Um, and she's talking about that towards Los Angeles because I think we just need to change it to world because I think people in Los Angeles, in Orlando, in Nashville, in Seattle are all feeling the same sentiment. Ugh, yes, I could not agree more. I actually literally wrote that down. Um, <laughs> I, wrote, I literally wrote down the lyrics for the I mean, I, I lived in Los Angeles, and so hearing even the intro with those like sloshy drums, it just feels like you literally are chewing gum and putting your headphones in, and you're just walking down like fountain or sunset, and you're just 
you just know you got to pay your rent and then the rest of it's, you know, whatever. Like it just feels like that. And one of the, one of the lyrics in that is the guy at the corner shop gave me a line and a smile. I know he was trying, but a lie is a lie. And it's just that feeling when you know, like, you're just like, I know we're all saying we're all fine and we're all good, but we're not, (laughs) you know, it's just great. Right. Um, and I will echo her sentiment where she says, New York is cold. I tried the winter there once. Yeah. Nope. Um, <laughs> I, I used to have to go to New York, um, five, six times a, a year for old job. And, um, luckily with new job, I don't have to ever go to New York mm. and, um, I'm not going to miss the winters up in New York for sure. Yeah. Um, I believe that. All right. Good album opener. That was the one thing I would say is I it's it's really I I found it interesting like it's super it's like really jazzy and so I it has this a lot like the uh, this whole album they don't really stick in one place um, mm. which no. it comes off great but this is I think a little bit too far on the edge of what they uh, I mean I don't think anything else there's nothing else on the record that's that's even remotely like this song. And so I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know that it was great as uh, an opener, but I, I really, I did really like it just for the, 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 as it plays into the whole thing, it's just so different. I mean, all of these songs are different, but this one's really kind of on the outskirts of all that stuff. All right. Let's get some scores then Wayne, your score. I gave it a 10 and I, I, that seems high, but you know, I just, okay. I did, but I did like it. It just, it had this real weird feel, this real, it's real jazzy and it's odd. And it just, I guess, I think it just stuck out to me. Like maybe it would have been a cool thing to come across like halfway through. Yeah. I gave it an eight. Um, still okay. really love it, but there's songs I, I love more, but um, it was a good intro into, into, you know, the songs, but the steps I thought should have been the opener. Um, I think we all kind of agree with that. So I didn't give, so my, my score for Los Angeles is seven. Um, so second, second song is the steps and this doesn't happen often. So I'm going to just spoiler alert. This doesn't happen often where all three of us are going to agree, uh, on the top song. This is all of our top song. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I did not see that coming. That's you good. Didn't that's see great. Because that this this song is just uh it just sparks so many once again, like it sounds like it, it just makes me think of so many different things and so many different songs. It has in fact when I kind of boiled it down towards the end when I was making notes, there's a real like 70s Linda Ronstadt AM radio kind of you know feel to it. But it's just so uh, the guitar work uh, and there's two, there's a guitar that plays kind of the lead part that is really cool. And then, and that kind of move, keeps the song, you know, moving forward. And then there's this really great soaring rhythm stuff in the background. But I, I just, I just love the song and I loved it from the first time I heard it. And I thought, well, you know, as I listened to this album, you know, maybe it, maybe it's something else and nothing else ever got close. Yeah. All right. Were you looking at my notes? <laughs> I can't see your notes from here. So my notes here say, I think I like this song because during this quarantine, I've bought six Linda Ronstad records. <laughs> wow. That was amazing. 
And that's not a lie. That I really have bought six Linda Ronstadt records this like, year. I think so. you actually might be a hero. I, I love her. Um, they did make a video for this. And if you want to see um, people making a mess of their mirrors and beating <laughs> the hell out of their drums, this yeah. is your video. I like the message of the song. I feel like this is an empowering women's song. Do I interpret that as such, Brie? Yeah. Since I'm not a woman. Um, <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I, th- I think like just look, the rowdiness of it and the it's, it feels like it feels a redemption. Like it feels like this is how I feel. I've been holding this in and you're not home. So I'm just going to beat the crap out of your drums. And this is how I feel. It's awesome. And the best line, and the best line of the song is, "And every day I wake up and make money for myself." Yeah. I mean, I, I it just that's the best line in it, and it really just sums up the whole thing. Like, really? I make my own money. I'm my own person. If you, you know, if you don't get me or you don't want me, fuck you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> See, I told you, Bree, it was going to be I Wayne did, yeah. that 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 said the bad word first. So. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. It was appropriate. It was appropriate. It was. It was. I think, it was. That I think everyone would agree. I'm probably not even going to edit that one out, Wayne. <laughs> so. Liar. All right. Well, I already, I already spoiler alert, but um, d- d- Wayne, your score? 16. Bree? 16. And this is my 16. Yeah. It's just a great song. Yeah. Like, like I hope that this is a song that gets remembered. For a long, long time, because it's a great song. They sound timeless. Yeah. All right. Uh, that leads us to next song, which is "I Know Alone," mm. and um, there is a reference to both sides now. Oh, mm. uh, we'll get to we'll get to Joni in a few songs because I do have yeah. I do have something to say about like Joni. One comment about the line because the line where it comes up, and I was like, I know I've heard that song. Let me go back and listen to it. And then all I could think of is like, I can't even think of a way you could possibly scream the words to both sides now. Mm. <laughs> uh, watch the know. watch the video for the steps. The, you know, I that's pr- probably what they're doing while they're making a mess of the mirror. <laughs> exactly. So. Mm. What you've never you've never screamed aloud the the lyrics to a, a really mellow slow song? Oh, I mean, no. I, I mean, after a bottle of wine, yeah, absolutely. You're gonna so Wayne, you're telling me that you've never screamed the words to "Every Rose Has Its Thorn." <laughs> no, I've never. I have never. Uh, I've never screamed the words to "Patience" either. All right. Well. <laughs> Should try it sometime, my friend. It's liberating. Well, I'm going to start with a bottle of wine. I'm going to see. I'm going to take her advice. I'm going to take Bree's advice and see how it goes after that. Hey, we're all losing our mind. Might as well try. So, is there something about the way that they're messing up the lyrics of "Now Sunday Comes"? Um, I, I can't put my finger on why I don't like the effect. Hmm. Why? Why don't you? I don't know. I'm trying to put my finger on it. I can't. I can't figure out why I don't really like it. Um, anyways, the video does have some fun choreography. You'll you'll need to check that out on on YouTube. It's, it's very uh, inclusive, it's, which is great. Yeah, it's it's very tongue in cheek. I love it. Um, Bree, anything else before we get scores on 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 this song? I I mean, 
I love the Depeche Mode kind of vibe to the song. I love how aware it is of just sitting in a feeling, um, you know, and they're saying, you know, I know alone, like just as a statement. And they're also saying like, only I know that alone. I just think it's, it's just a feeling, you know, and I think we all can, especially after this, you know, year be like, absolutely. I've been alone with my thoughts far too long. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Bree, your score on this? Nine. Wayne? Six. I thought it, right. the techno, I don't know if it was, I think it was a too big of a change from the steps for me, mm-hmm. but I didn't. It sounded a little bit more like what I think of popular music sounding like today on the radio that I don't listen to. I probably don't have any context for. But uh, I did, I, I think it's a very interesting portrayal of depression that I, 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 I think she's a very, she's a very talented songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm a, I'm matching your six on that way. All right. Next song is up from a dream. And Wayne, I think you like this song a little more than I do. I, I love, I, I love the bass in this. It's got this super strong backbeat. And uh, once again, it, it reminds me of just of all you know, these diff- different great songs and, and different great genres and times that I've listened to music, but without sounding like anything specific, um, which I think is a, a talent you, to, 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 to take your influences and actually have them be able you, where you can just see them, but it's almost like it's blurry, like it's your sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's part that it, this other thing has become part of your sound and it's, you can't distinguish that other part. Um, but it's just, it's super fun. And the subtle harmonies, um, it, this is, this is one of the songs that just renew, like I said, that I had said earlier, renews my faith in popular music. Like there, there is a go. chance for popular music now that they're around. <laughs> Bree, what do you got on this song? That is, I, I, I hell yeah, Wayne. I love that. <laughs> I more. Um, I wrote down, Upon listening to it today, because I, I loved it, but I wrote down, it's got this like Beach Boys thing to it. And I love that they're just like brave and fearless. They're using like seagull sound effects in the beginning when they're talking about being at the beach. Um, and the ooze, the three part harmony ooze. Um, it's just quirky lyrics and it's got a nostalgic melody, kind of like you said, Wayne, and uh, the, the chunky guitar. It just, yeah, it, it feels nostalgic, but also very fresh. So I gave it a 10. Okay. Excellent. And then Wayne, your, what's your score? A 14. Wow. And I gave it a nine and I really do dig this song. Um, but I feel like I have to explain my score. Um, so Wayne, when we, when we did our globe sessions episode a couple weeks ago, um, I was kind of harsh on a Cheryl Crow song because she used that really annoying alarm clock sound effect. And so I knocked it down a couple pegs in the scores because of that. Um, and so I figured I had to enact the same judgment for this song is, as well. Consistency is key. Yeah. Uh, there is a song that I, I think my notes just say Cheryl Crow. Uh, this isn't that song, but yeah. No. no I, you got to be consistent. No. So I'm, I'm, I'm being consistent. So um, <laughs> there you go. Call me cruel for, for that, but whatever. All right. Next song is Gasoline, and um, I'm looking at scores. Uh, 
Bree, I think you like this a little more than Wayne. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm curious to hear what, of what Wayne has. <laughs> She's putting you on the spot, oh, Wayne. That's fine. Okay, so I, the, I, my notes my notes say I like this song, but and then it's I think when I got to the end of trying to figure out why I gave it such a low score. Um, I don't know that there's an actual drummer, a real live human being playing the drums on this record. I looked in the personnel and there's, there's, I think everything is a drum machine and this drum machine is way up front in the mix. And also I thought the lyrics got a little bit too sexy. Like at first I thought, Oh, that's, that's cool. And then towards the end, I was like, man, I think that's like, she gave too much away. Hmm. But uh, ultimately I think I like it. And for, like I say, there's so much good about it, but that I just could that drum machine was just annoying. But I can say there's when you hear a drum machine throughout a record, the one th- you you know you know a human drummer, and there's something like there's a couple where it gets close, where like oh I almost believe that that's a human being, but if you listen, you can tell maybe it's uh, that it isn't. But this one's way up in the mix, and it just was distracting and annoying. Okay, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just because of the lyrics, because she does, you know, she, the the lyrics are essentially to to quote her of you know I want to get off, and this week while we're recording this episode, so there's a little bit of a controversy out there with a recent Cardi B song that came out, and a lot of people are screaming about how you know it's it's super offensive and. I just want to make sure that you're not knocking it down because of a I double standard. First of all, you know me, and if it's offensive, you're going to get points. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate offensiveness. Oh, it was it almost all boils down to the drum machine. Okay, because because I think it's empowering that you know she can throw these these kind of lyrics of you know. Um. You know, I have sexuality too, just like a, a dude does. Yeah. And and it's not she shouldn't be considered a whatever derogatory term you want to use for it just because she's putting that in the lyrics. So e- even though I'm I I don't like the Cardi B song, whatever. It's it's fine. You you sing your truth, even though it's super crude and vulgar. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, I, I honestly. Um, I hear you. I think the mix, Wayne, I mean, my, my boyfriend's, uh, you know, a producer and mixer, the mix is everything. And if the, if, if the words don't always come out, that can be a problem. But also seemed like in this case, overall, the minute I turned the song on gasoline just felt like, Hey, you can put me on, you can put me on in the background. It's just going to set a vibe. And if you listen closely then you hear, yeah, I want to get off and you're such a tease. And you're like, whoa, I can't believe she, you know, but it's like, it's a strong woman giving just, you know, no, she just doesn't care. And she just wants to say what she's feeling. It's like her conversation to this person. And, you know, she's saying you're leading me on and I kind of like it, but I'm kind of over it. And overall to me, it just sounds like a nineties hit. It just sounds like everything I loved about, the strong female songwriter in the nineties, just this, it's just a vibe. <laughs> and I, and I love that because I actually, upon listening to it, probably had to listen to it like four or five times before I was like, 
man, this is my favorite song, I think. Yeah. I could totally see a, a 90s Fiona Apple or a 90s Alanis Morissette or even yeah. Cheryl Crow yeah. doing this song. Yeah. But I, but I hear yeah. you on the drums. Like, I can absolutely see how it's distracting. Yeah. I, I get fixated on another song coming up. Uh, this one, I felt like the guitar overlooked that drum part, but mm-hmm. that's just me. All right. Um, this is my 12. Wayne, your score? Wow. I gave it a four. <laughs> and then Bree? I gave it a two. Can I justify? I um, <laughs> No, you gave this a 14. <laughs> no, 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 no. Gasoline, I get. Oh, you're saying. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying the next song. Yeah. Gasoline. No. 14. Gasoline. 14. Yeah. Yes. Next song. <laughs> All right. So we already spoiler alert. So next song is collectively our least favorite. Um, 3 a.m. is the name of the song. Bree, why why do you not like this song? Okay. I I actually like when it came on for upon hearing it, I smiled because I was like, oh, this is like a classic R and B song. Like it's just it just it's so brave on their end to be like, yeah, we're going to put this on because we wrote it, you know, one night when we were having fun and we like it. And that's actually my favorite thing about it because I do think genre is dead. Um, and I do really, really love the idea of people just putting on whatever kind of song they like. Um, but in, in contrast to every other song that spoke to me, like you said, Ben, like hallelujah. And, you know, we all love the steps. It was just something I, I skipped over purely because I was ready to hear um, lyrics. So yeah, yeah, and this song is just this song is about a booty call, right? I think this song is about a booty call. Yeah, yeah. that's what I think so too. This is not the Matchbox Twenty song, Three A.M. Mm-hmm. Right? Really? No, no, no it's not. <laughs> oh, I could have swore. Yeah, sonically, this is just my least favorite song. Plus, uh, the the added sound effects, which um, my notes here are, Wayne's probably probably hating the sound effects on this one. Yeah, I I, I hated the sound effects. I I just I never liked the song. It's just, this is what I think of when I when I think of uh, popular music. music. Yeah, popular music stuff that's on the radio now. The things that's on the top of the charts and. I I just like I say when they messed with it a little bit on, um, I know alone I I wasn't super happy with it but then when they this feels like they just went all into it and like I say God bless them they they made an album that that jumps around a lot but not every spot that they jumped to I thought was stellar okay yeah this is my one in Wayne also my one uh, and- this is my yeah my two. Yeah. All right. So next song is Don't Wanna. I th- My notes here are probably the most repetitious of the songs on the record, but it's so funky. Yeah. Like, like I love, I lo- and especially at le- like towards the end where you've got the extra instrumentation that comes in as well. Um, I, I just love it. I, th- I think that that's, that's a great way to end a song. So I dig this song even though it is repetitious. Yeah, I I got, this is the one where finally a name popped into my head when I heard it and it was Wilson Phillips and it's all sonically because they don't really do the big 
vocal harmonies that Wilson Phillips was were known for, but the song it has the musically it has a very strong Wilson Phillips uh, feel to it. And like I say, there's a lot of repetition. There were some cool lines that I and I did notice from this because one of the lines was in the front seat of my mom's winter coat. There's a lot of stuff happening in cars in these songs. Yeah. I, I did notice that. But uh, this is just a solid pop song. I really, uh, I can say, I, I did finally have a name to go with some of the, the influences that I was hearing. Uh, but but I enjoyed it. I mean, heck, Wilson Phillips, I, they were huge. Yeah, I love that. I love that reference. Um, I mean, man, I, I'm a sucker for a song that makes me want to turn it on again. I, I, I agree. It's, um, you know, continues the same kind of chorus, but I feel like to me, there's the candy of like the chorus again is, is always kind of great. Um, it reminded me of a Tom Petty melody. Um, Mm. and starting the, starting the verse with, it's like any, anybody would be like, I don't know. That's not a true verse. I think we need to, but that's what I love about it. She's just, she's just feeling it. And I love that. I think it's, it shows bravery and it shows, like I said before, this kind of uh, lack for rules. It's just like, it's almost like SD picked up the bass, started playing and they were like, all right, let's do this. You know? Yeah. It's a jam song. It's a jam song. Yeah. All right. Um, Wayne, what's your score? 11. And then Bree? 12. Yeah, this is my 11. All right. Next song is... Another try. Um, Wayne, you like this way more than Bree and I do. <laughs> I And I even was looking at my score and I was like, hmm, I don't, should I change it? And I, I think there's something about the chorus. The hook is in the chorus. Yeah. Uh, it really gets me. I love that they threw in a little reggae uh, that even kind of harkened back to some of that late 80s, 90s, like Matthew uh, Wilde's wilder stuff there's this but there's the reggae which was going in a different direction doing something a little bit different but the 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 chorus just had a deep hook just got me so i my notes say this feels like a maxi priest song maxi priest yeah absolutely and and brie you probably have no idea what what we're talking about no i don't know this is this is where i started to notice all the cars because this also references the passenger seat This is so LA. Everybody's in their car. Everybody's sitting in their cars. I also wrote down reggae. I just put reggae period. <laughs> um, but the, the limb, the lindrum, like the eighties thing to it. I do love. And I agree. The minute the chorus hit, I was like, oh, yeah, but it's not something that I think I would, it, it feels like something that I can put on and, and, you know, just go throughout my night you know, without needing to change over. I don't, I, I don't not like this song. It was just not one of my favorites. What is it about Californians and being fixated on directions <laughs> for their cars? Cause it's, 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 it's a stereotype, but it's totally true. Oh. Do you do this in Nashville as well, Brie? I mean, like you mean fixated on directions on like, how to get yes <laughs> yeah actually it's almost like this pride of being like i know i know the side streets i think that at the end of the day especially in la it was like during you know prime time traffic hour i know the side yeah. streets you know 
know. Yeah, my 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 best friend lives in Santa Clarita, so uh, when we were traveling, you know, I would go out there for for work, and um, one of the times that I went out there, we were going to go to a minor league game in Rancho Cucamonga, <laughs> and he was even telling some of his coworkers, yeah, we're getting ready to to drive out. And two of the coworkers go, which, which way are you going? Like what highway are you going? Oh, I would totally go this, this, and this, and this. And, and I just start oh, yeah. smirking at Jeff. 10. I mean, the, uh, and, I mean yeah. the SNL, uh, the Fred Armisen. Uh, oh yeah. The Californians. 405. Where you belong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Stewart, what are you doing here, Stewart? <laughs> I, I, I don't Whoa. think Nashville is quite like that. I mean, Nashville's you know a lot smaller than Los Angeles directions wise, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think everybody's picked a side. Yeah. Yeah, they're a little fixated. All right. Um, scores: Wayne, twelve. Bree, one. This is my two. Um, all right. Leaning on you. I think there's no drum machine. I don't, uh, it's, I just love the simple arrangement. There's no drum machine. I know Americana is a, is a definitely kind of a, a fall to genre, which I think that that, that lays perfect for this song because this, this thing kind of just hovers in so many different places. Um, and I totally related to the line. It, it takes all that I got not to fuck this up. That Mm -hmm. is, they might put that on my tombstone. <laughs> um, I do have to share a story on this. So I have my oldest son help me with getting lyrics together for our guests. And um, he purposely left this off of the lyrics that he provided to me. Yeah. And usually when he does that, it's because there's swear words in the song. Uh. And so... Um, and so I knew I knew that this was going to be one of Wayne's favorite songs just because what you just said, Wayne, that it takes all I got not to F this up. So it's, it's funny. Um, my other notes here are if there was ever a song that I thought that Lindsey Buckingham had made a uh, guest appearance on this record, this would be it. Yep. Very Fleetwood Mask. Uh, Fleetwood Mac-esque. Mask. That is a great, that's a great harmonies. The harmonies yeah. on this are fantastic. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, I do like the song, even though maybe my um, score doesn't reflect as much. Uh, this is my five. Wayne, your score? 13. And then Bree? Seven. Which, like you said, Ben, I, I, my score doesn't totally get across how much I love it. It was like a, it reminds me of a CCR song. It's, it's, the three-part harmony and the simple arrangement just sounds like a, a classic song that I want to listen to again, you know? Yeah. I'm regretting this. All right. Next, next song is uh, I've Been Down. And I will say this. I had this as high as my 14 at one point this week. Mm. But with repeated listens, I kind of knocked it down. Usually I love hand claps. But after listening to this a bunch of times, I think the hand claps kind of wore me down. Um, Wayne knows all about um, that because he gets, well, he, he's been fixated on the drum machine stuff on this record. So, 
usually the tambourine has to take most of my vitriol, but there's no engineering in this. Uh, this was the one I wrote, Cheryl Crow. This sounds this sounds like a Cheryl Crow song, um, and the, I the drums are almost lifelike in this. Um, I love the TikTok <laughs> reference, and uh, once again, it's got this great guitar riff that reminds me of of something, but nothing that I could really tell you what it was. Uh, I agree. I mean, instantly, my first note was Cheryl Crow, Tom Petty, just full attitude, spewing words. Um, and it makes me think of the Tuesday Night Music Club. And and I think that's why, actually, upon talking about this, I love this record so much because, you know, when Cheryl Crow put this her record out in 1993, it was just this – it was a bunch of just spirit songs. They were like – it was just a bunch of, like, different things like this um, – and so anyway, this song definitely reminds me of, of Show Crow. Um, and I and I gave it a four, not because of any reason of not liking it. I just think I came to it last and was like, okay, I got to keep going down the list. But now that I think about it again, um, I really like this song. Yeah. And and you you opened for Cheryl. Uh, yeah. From from what I from what I saw in one of your uh, live things, I, to, you got a chance to to play on the same stage as her. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely still pinching myself. And after I was done, all I wanted to do is walk upstairs and watch her. <laughs> I mean, I just screamed and danced, you know. All right, um, Wayne, your score a nine. All right, this is my fourteen. Next song is Man from the Magazine. And um, one word on this song, Joni. Yep. Absolutely. First note. I said, all the taxi vibes, hard. Yeah. Um, Very lo-fi. And um, it's so different from the rest of the record. Man, maybe that's the point. It's got like a 90s thing to it. Too. It's like if Joni, you know, if somebody like took the the, the '90s sound and, and put Joni over. Like I just, I love it. I love the lyrics. Um, yeah, exactly. Like exactly what you said, Joni writing. Um, I really like this one. The lyrics are great, and I'm assuming that this is in response to the bass faces, <laughs> right? Uh, the the lyric is. Um, Man from the magazine, what did you say? Do you make the same faces in bed? Yeah. Hey, man, what kind of question is that? What do you really want want me to say back? Um, so, no, yeah. Exactly. So very, again, going back to the em- empowering women thing. Yeah, do it. Do it. So, love it. Uh, Wayne, what do you got on this one? Well, um, I thought it was too much Joni Mitchell and... I think from, and I guess I had also higher expectations because some of this, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of it is what it is and it was what it was, but I thought that I had high expectations for the song because I, I mean, if somebody asked that question, what a colossal misogynistic douche, I think he should have been ripped apart through the rest of the song is I guess what I wanted. Yeah. Okay. You wanted a little more vitriolic. Yeah, if somebody says that, if somebody if somebody's going to ask those kinds of questions, I mean, 
these are extremely talented women in a, in a in what's a male dom. I mean, bands are much more of a male dominated uh, part of the music industry. And if somebody is, I, I just felt like they, I would have liked to, I know she can write. I, I mean, I've seen wonderful lyrics to this and I thought this would have been a chance to tear this guy a new one. You can leave his name out. That's, that's even, you know, that's part of rock and roll lore and really hmm. just shred this guy apart. And it kind of fades away after that first verse onto other aspects of, of the same thing, which I'm not saying aren't as important, but I thought based on that line, that guy deserved an ass whooping. I agree with she, she didn't give it to him. <laughs> she let him off the hook. Yeah, well, someday she'll be living in a big old city and, oh, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, brought it back to Taylor. Um, all right, this is my four. Wayne, your score? Two. And then Bree? Six. All right, next song is All That Ever Mattered. And um, the screaming parts in this song... So going back to what you were saying, Wayne, about the tambourine, uh, the screaming parts in this song was like bad tambourine for me. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's why it kept slipping. Because if those screams weren't in it, this would probably be this would probably be one of my my more high scores. Um, but I just that one part just I didn't didn't like very much. Um, what do you guys have to say about this song? Wayne, all that ever mattered. Yes, uh, I I felt like it fell into s- some of that more uh, R and B flavored popular music. I just didn't I, I d- didn't connect to it as the, okay. as we've been prone to say. Yeah. Yes. I I wrote um love the Lynn drums. I wrote uh, Prince vibes just melodically. Um, the, the distorted screen to me definitely, of course, caught me off, off guard, but I actually was talking to one of my dear friends, um, and Nashvillian, uh, Rogers, who's an amazing artist, by the way, you guys absolutely have to go listen to his record. Uh, okay. but today he, he, he and I were talking about being surprised by music and how it's so easy to get into just, you know fall into like, yeah, this is a song and it kind of sounds like that song. And, and I, I actually value the moments that I'm kind of taken aback by a distorted scream that's been spliced up and sampled in a song. It's definitely, you know, not popular way of doing things, but it, it actually excited me um, and made me go, Oh, hell yeah. Like they, they just were like, Hey, Esty, whatever you scream into this, and we're going to distort it and sample it. Just kind of, <laughs> kind of interesting. It makes me, it makes me excited. Like kind of like you said, like makes me excited about music again. That people are being brave. Uh, literally all over my notes, I just wrote brave, brave. Yeah. But I did give it a three. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I also gave it a three, and then Wayne. I three in a row. I gave it a three. Uh, there you go. Very cool. All right. Um, next song is F-U-B-T. And yes, that is a an abbreviation. Um, since I get the benefit of seeing scores in advance, I told myself a few weeks ago, 
Bree, when you picked this record, I said, um, this is, this is going to be Wayne's top song. Um, <laughs> mostly because he really loves that word. That's not true. This is actually, this would be, if I, if anybody ever does an autobiography of me, this, that would be the title. Fuck up the trip. But what ultimately what I really love about this song is the, um, and I don't, maybe it's just me, but that the song really feels like it's, it's, it's jumps off of the first portion of purple rain where, where it's that really sparse arrangement and he's almost speaking and the whole song is like that. And, and it, Mm. I, I just, I, I, I thought it was, Amazing. Like, I don't remember ever hearing anything like that um, aside from the first portion of Purple Rain. But it, it felt like they just did this. They took that idea and kind of just put it through this whole song with these. And the, and the way it comes together sonically, it just captures the, the heartbreak of the lyrics. Yeah. And I, I just I did love it. That is hilarious that you would say that because my notes here say Wendy Melvoin. How are you? Well, there you go. That's, I mean, that guitar is just fantastic in it. I love it. Yep. I love it too. I wrote down that messy guitar and vocal I love. And then I wrote down what it stands for, which is messed up, but it's true. Um, I, I, I love it. The sentiment is you like who you like, you love who you love. And she's obsessed with this person, even though they're bad for her, you know? Um, yeah, I really like this one. Yeah. She's going to keep on loving you till the days are through. It's great. It's great. Um, all right, let's get some scores on this. So Wayne, your score 15. Yeah. And this is my, this is my eight and then Brie. Five. Okay. Boys are coming next. Yes. All right. So, now we go to our bonus track. So these were singles that were released, you know, months ahead of this record coming out. I don't know if their original plan was to have these on the, the record. They just decided to put out these singles sporadically. Um, but the first one is now I'm in it. And Brie, tell us why you love this song. So, this was, I think, the first single. No, not first single. It was, it was uh, maybe the second single they put out um, of the three. Um, I, I instantly was like, I don't know why, but this feels like overcoming a really dark time. And small story, I uh, when I went to go see my dad, we went for a drive to Park City, uh, one of his favorite places to go. And I said, Dad, you know, I, you know, I want to show you this you know, Haim, I told you about Haim. He's like, yeah. And I was like, can I show you this song? It'll be a good driving song. We have a long drive back. And I show him and instantly, I mean, if you turn on now, I'm in it. Just, it just drives. It kind of has like a Moog kind of just consistency mm-hmm. to it. The, the melodies weave in and out of each other. It's awesome. And, um, and my d- little backstory, my dad, uh, you know, last year, um, was diagnosed with diabetes one and just fell into a place of like, just feeling like you don't know yourself, you know, I mean, just really foreign, dark place. And this drive, 
uh, was a year later, you know, he's, he's taking diabetes and this thing in his life that was not, was hard to get through, um, with new, with his new self. And anyway, I turned on now I'm in it, not even thinking about it. I was just like, Oh, I love this song. And we're driving through Wasatch mountains in Utah. And I just see my dad out of the corner of my eye, just like he's, he just, he just, every word he's in the, the feeling of it. It's this kind of, uh, overcoming a dark place. And so anyway, when it goes down to the bridge and it goes down to that piano and you're just like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm having a reprieve, a little break from this dance song. It took me so long to fall. Now I'm in it. And I, and we just, we all have those, you know, where we don't feel like ourselves and we're able to come back to um, ourselves a little bit and be like, okay, there we are. Shake it off. I got it. And it was just a cool, really, really special moment. So this song rings really special um, to me because of that moment uh, in the car with my dad. That is so very cool. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah, um, all right. I don't even want to say any more about this. <laughs> uh, I, I can't, I can't top that. So uh, Brie, what's your score? 15. And then Wayne? Seven. <laughs> and then this this is my 13. All right. Next song is Hallelujah. And um, I already made reference that I I really love this song. This is this is my 15. And I remember hearing this uh, a number of months ago as well and just loving this song. I don't know what it is about this song. It's just, it's haunting. I love those kind of haunting type of songs. But also, I feel like there's a little bit of hope in this song as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not, it may sound like it's kind of, um, a sadder song, but I feel like there is, there's a, there's a hope to this song as well. So I, I love it. Um, Wayne, anything on hallelujah? Oh, I got, I, I get the, I hear Fleetwood Mac and the Dixie chicks. Um, it has all the elements. I mean, the elements, all the elements are spectacular, but I, f- I felt like this was pushing, some familiar buttons like it was uh low-hanging fruit it's not i thought they did it really well but i i i guess i felt like the the whole thing was too easy it Mm -hmm. was that these kind of songs where you talk about your 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 friend dying and and some of those they that's just i feel like that's sometimes just meant to get people's heartstrings and so i while i i like the 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 sum of the parts i was wasn't i don't know Felt like it felt like easy and easy easy money. What do you got against low hanging fruit? <laughs> you know, it, it it is what it is. It was what it was. I I don't. Sometimes the fruit is the ripest at uh, <laughs> at the bottom of the tree. I, it's it's actually right. really interesting to hear that perspective um, because, yeah, I mean, it, it really is. I can see. I can see all of that. Um, I guess I'm I'm such a. I truly am a songwriter songwriter. So I always tend to like the songs that um, I can hear the lyric. And so I think this is one of the only ones on this, this record where I really was like, okay, this is a a lyrics centric song. Um, But instantly, you know, like you said, I I got landslide vibes. Landslide was the first song I did in a talent show. (laughs) 
Um, and I love, I love that all three, um, I've, all three sisters sing in this song. And if you look up the music video, it's stunning. Um, mm-hmm. And they're all singing. So that's a really special moment when you have a, a, a band and all members um, get to have their moment to shine. So that's, that's what I love about the song. I also love that all three of them talk about different ways of finding their own hallelujah, even through dark, you know, times. Um, and yeah, like you said, it, it just sounds timeless. Yeah. I love it. All right. This is my 15 Wayne. Eight. I think Wayne is just pissed <laughs> off that he has to score <laughs> these bonus. <laughs> tracks. I am not pissed off at all. All right. Uh, Bree, your score. 13. By the way, is why music is open to everybody that's right ben shut up <laughs> all right um all right last song last but not least summer girl oh, i'm so curious what your guys's score is oh let's let's go to wayne first <laughs> uh i thought it was a little bit it was overly repetitive if you took out i'm your summer girl and do 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 you don't really have a whole lot left um it just there wasn't there wasn't a lot to it. I mean, I could see it being a single. It, it has it does have a hook, but I didn't. There just wasn't a tremendous amount to it. I thought for what I like, I say I've I feel like I've gushed on a lot of a lot of this record, and I I I am very impressed with these with these three young women. Um, I but this to me wasn't their wasn't their finest work. This was like made for radio. Yeah, this was meant to be a single, and it didn't. I thought they had some really, they've done some really amazing things on this record. And I didn't think this measured up to that. Yeah. My, my comment on here on my notes are, um, probably was listening to walk on the wild side. Exactly what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you got the, the, the do, do, do parts. Um, but look, everybody remembers walk on the wild side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I literally wrote, Lou Reed, a thousand percent, but I, I'm, not, I'm actually not mad at it. I feel like, I feel like right now, a lot of the music that's out there is influenced because we're, you know, we're double-sided tape. We're just, we're just literally attaching so many different genres of music and influences and the the world is so busy you know we just we're always digesting stuff and that kind of gets spewed out and so hey if if Himes influences or Lou Reed, Sheryl Crow, Tom Petty like no shame in that game right there you know no pretty 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 cool uh but I did write the same thing I also said um sounds like going for a walk which I'm sure you guys have seen their music videos at they're always playing in their music videos. Um, I actually had a friend that was like, you think the walking would get old, but I can't take my eyes off watching them walk through LA. Um, But I I actually read an article that said that summer girl, um, Daniela Heim wrote it um, for her significant other, Ariel Reichshade, who is an amazing producer who was going through, um, he was sick. He was going through, um, dealing with cancer, I believe. And so I think she wrote, she wrote this for him saying, I'm your summer girl, apparently. Um, and I, I, th- I think, I think it's just cool. I don't know. All, literally the only word I can say for this whole record is just like, 
It's deeply cool. (laughs) It just doesn't care what we think. And I really like that. Yeah. Ariel did a bunch of engineering stuff for this record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's get scores. This is my 10. Wayne. I gave it a five. Disappointment. All right, Bree. It's my 11. I'm I'm giving you a bunch of crap. No, Uh, I mean, that's exactly the thing. It's all, it's all up for discussion. So your podcast is. is. That's it. All right. So, um, this is the part where I go. Did we, did we miss anything? Did we cover everything? I think we covered everything. Yeah. I think we got Sorry, by the way, I probably the longest record ever, but, um, I just, and normally I would choose, you know, a record that I, that deeply influenced me before I started my, my career. But this was something that influenced me in a time where I deeply needed inspiration during a really, um, dry spell, um, this year. So Uh, I am forever indebted to you. I'm, I'm going to listen to their other two records. And, uh, what's funny is it did get me to do is cause I think it's because an all girl band, my favorite all-girl band is the Go-Go's. And so I spent Sunday yeah. listening to actually everything the Go-Go's did from uh, Beauty and the Beat to the, the new single that they put out for the documentary Club Zero. Um, and that's so L.A. too. So, And then it made me listen to Oingo Boingo. I got all yeah. sidetracked on this. But um, having listened to these guys, I'm very excited to hear more from them because they're extremely talented. And like I say, renewed my faith in popular music. Amazing. There you go. So cool to hear. All right. So uh, this is our top five. Uh, there's no contest of what our top song is. So we all agreed that the steps was, that was the top song on this record. So number two um, was Hallelujah, mostly because I gave it a really high score. Uh, number three, Now I'm In It, mostly because Bree gave it a really high score. Um, fourth is Don't Wanna. And then fifth is up from a dream. Yep. So gasoline, Wayne tank that one. <laughs> and then um uh F-U-B-T, uh sorry Wayne, we we both, Bree and I both tanked it for you. So sorry. Sorry, Wayne. <laughs> it's it happens. The best part about albums though is that you know at least we have stuff to choose from. There's stuff for everybody and, you know, it's just all part of the the different, there's different pages and all of it. It's great. Yeah. And there's plenty of variety, I think on this record. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Bree, this has been a pleasure. Yeah. Absolutely. For having me. So tell our listeners where they can find all the happenings of Bree Kennedy. Yes. So I'm mostly on Instagram the modern day business card. Um, I am writing my record and um, I'm posting basically every day over Instagram and Facebook, kind of um, all the little trails towards that. So feel free to follow me, message me. I love talking and meeting new people. So, so I guess I have to do more um, stuff on Instagram. Is that where you're telling me? (laughs) Hey, it's the one thing that I've gotten a hold of and I know what to do with. I'm still learning. Oh, I, I hear you, Brie. That <laughs> is my jam. Yes, it's what I yeah. stick to. But uh, yeah, I love meeting new people. I love hearing from new people. So Yeah, 
I'm in the cesspool known as uh, Twitter. Oh, so. see, I haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah. Yeah, stay away. Um, all right. Uh, so last question. We ask all of our guests this. So, Bree, who do you know that I don't know who should join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? Jake Wesley Rogers and his record, Jacob from the Bible. Okay. So we'll 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 chat. I guess I will have to go follow you on Instagram and we'll 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 chat about getting Jake on. Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. Um, as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to Records Revisited Podcast. You can find all of our happenings on our Facebook page. Just search for Records Revisited Podcast. Uh, I man the Twitter at Podcast Records, which, again, is a cesspool. Um, Wayne mans the Instagram page. Records Revisited Podcast. There you go. And then, of course, you can find us on all of the major podcast platforms. Go subscribe and rate or review us. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. I would tell you to go to a live show, but you know the drill on that. So go find your favorite musicians on um, Instagram Live or YouTube Live or Facebook Live or what have you. Uh, Buy a t-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Maybe uh, Women in Music Part 3 or uh, Bree's record when it comes out in 2021. Uh, We are Records Revisited and we are out. 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 <laughs> <laughs>